This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here on Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landrew, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey. Hey, Mike. Hey. Well, you, normally around this time, we end up talking about what we've been up to for a bit, but we decided that this episode we'd just talk about what Mike's been up to, because Mike just came back from Las Vegas... Yeah. You went to DEFCON 15, where you learned how to black hat hack a bunch of uh, of different, like, bank accounts and stuff. No, we didn't. Although we were told by someone, you know, who was completely serious. They're like, if you walk through the valleys, turn off all your devices that have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me funny, because I work in information security. Yeah. And I actually had one of my coworkers come up to me. He's like, man, I wish I was in Vegas this weekend. I'm like... For the Star Trek convention? He's mm-hmm. like, no, DEFCON. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that would be scary. Apparently, there's a magic convention going on, too, or it was. Oh, man, that would have been the best thing ever. Yeah. But I didn't go to either of those things. just went to see Star Trek convention. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, who did you, who did you see? What did you learn? Who, who did you hear from? Um, well, I'm going to be completely honest with you, you know, and I told him this too, you know, the highlight of the convention for me was seeing John Tenuto's presentation on Star Trek (laughs) Six. The guy from your town. Yeah, the guy from my town who gave the presentation in my town um, a few months ago, but you know, whatever. Um, So yeah, it was awesome. And um he t- told t- talked about the whole history of the of the movie, you know, showing a lot of pictures. What movie? Star Trek Six. Oh, okay. Yeah, showing a lot of pictures that had never been seen before and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was it was really interesting. And um, I've I've already talked to him about coming on this show and telling us about the history of Star Trek Six. Cool. So yeah, I'm going to be talking to him later on tonight, and hopefully we'll be able to lock that down because it's quite interesting yeah because it's the one like everybody knows how one came together or you know it was a tv show first and all that and how two you know we've had tenuto on to talk about that and you know three and four we all know about leonard nimoy directing those and five you know there's there's books and books and books on what went wrong there yeah but then for six it's just kind of like oh yeah and then six happened and you kind of run away and six is the best of of those original six and it's also um very interesting in the way that it came together because it was very similar to what's going on now needing to hit an anniversary throwing away the idea that you have planned at the very last minute, I mean, like, I'm listening to him talk about it and talk about, like, the timeline and how it all came together and everything like that. If you think Star Trek Beyond is rushed, holy crap. No. <laughs> no. Star Trek Beyond has a leisurely schedule. 
in comparison to Star Trek VI. And, you know, if that's what they were able to pull together with Star Trek VI, then, you know, maybe we shouldn't worry too much about Star Trek Beyond. So. Cool. Yeah. So that was cool. You know, he also, uh, John, he gave gave a, a couple of other uh, presentations. Um, I, I wasn't able to get to all of them, unfortunately, but I did get to his Voyager um, presentation about the history of the show and, and sort of like how it came about. And that was pretty cool as well, you know, with the, the the launching of the UPN and, you know, of course, the casting problems and all that stuff. But uh, it, 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 that was that was a very interesting talk as well. So Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Most of this is going to be me sighing that I missed it. OK. All <sighs> right. All right. Well, you know, I mean, there's it's it's weird because it's like I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this a lot while I was there. I was thinking about how, you know, we're one year away from the 50th anniversary, which people were making a big deal about, and there is a Star Trek movie in production. In fact, I was kind of upset and sort of sad because I was looking on Twitter while I was there and seeing that it was press day. Friday was press day on the set of Star Trek Beyond, and all of these film journalists were in Vancouver spending the day on the set of Star Trek Beyond while all of us were in Las Vegas celebrating Star Trek. And it's like, well, good for them, you know, but they're coming back saying like, thank you, Paramount, for, you know, making this, you know, childhood dream a reality, you know. I'm basically saying like, thank you for letting me spend a day aboard the Enterprise, kind of, you know, they're not allowed to say anything, but Mm -hmm. that's basically what they were saying. And it's like, yeah, and what about all of us here, you know? And it's like, by the time the next convention rolls around, the movie will have been out already. And it's like, you look at what Star Wars is doing with their celebrations. I mean, they just had Star Wars Celebration, where they had a huge thing. And I I mean, I know the scale is completely different. Star Wars is way more popular than Star Trek. But, you know that movie's in production too you know everyone everyone kept on keeps on saying like well they're making the movie like even carl urban who was the only person from the new movie who was supposed to be here canceled because of filming you know Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah okay i understand that they're making the movie but do you think that that mattered to jj and the the team that was making force awakens no, this was built into the schedule, and you know they gave yeah. a huge presentation, and everyone was there. They and gave a huge presentation at Celebration, right? At Star Wars weekends, at at Comic Con, and, and Star Trek was there for none of that. Star Trek was there for none of that, and Star Trek wasn't there for their big convention in Vegas either. You know, and it's like it's got to be Paramount. I you know I think part of it is just that it's so small that they just don't care. They see it as being insignificant because I mean there there are people who you know they're like oh my god Vegas it's so big it's so big it's big for a Star Trek convention. How how big is it? It's like five thousand people. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. I mean, I saw the line that you were standing in at Gen Con. <laughs> you know. That that's nothing. I I mean C two E two here in Chicago. I mean, not even talk about San Diego. But this is a small convention, you know, which is part of its appeal. You know, since you don't have that, since you don't have the, 
you know, you know, Justin Lin coming out there and saying like, here, we're going to drop a trailer for you. And, and, you know, we're just going to just go crazy here with all of the stuff, you know, it's, it really becomes like, well, it's very small and intimate and you get to see, you know, a lot of people whose work you've come to admire or whatever. And I mean, that's what's kind of cool about it. The, the fact that it's in a hotel, it's at the Rio <laughs> and, you know, Everyone is staying there. Everyone who's attending the convention is staying there. Everyone who's a guest uh, for the convention is staying there. And they really take over the entire convention or the entire hotel, you know? So, I mean, it, it, it literally will be like, you know, you're walking down the hall to your room and there's Alexander Sadig and he says hello and you say hello and then you just keep on walking you know, <laughs> or like you go to In-N-Out Burger and there's, you know, John Van Sitters, the head of, you know, uh, CBS, you know, licensing stuff, whatever. And he's sitting there eating a double-double with like, uh, you know, Jordan Hoffman or whatever. And it's like, that's cool, you know? Like mm -hmm. at one point, at one point we, uh, you know, we're waiting for the elevator and the doors of the elevator open up and there's Armin Shimmerman just standing there in a tuxedo. Because why wouldn't he be wearing a tuxedo? Oh, why not? Yeah. Yeah, it only makes sense. You know, and it's like everyone's like really cool about it. I mean, like occasionally you see people who are like, hey, you know, but for the most part, like aside from people saying like, hey, and, and Armin Sherman saying like, hey, like everyone just leaves everyone alone. That's you know? cool. Yeah. It's not like, can I get your autograph or anything? Not like, like poor Will Wheaton at Gen Con. Right. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, people are all very respectful of, of everyone who's there and everything like that. And it is really kind of cool just to see that, you know, and, and there's that. And, you know, I mean, like, I'm always sort of fascinated by sort of like the con within the con, you know, mm -hmm. and like, because there's, there's the con that everyone sees. But then there's also the, you know, sort of professional side of it, where it's like, there's, you know, with any con, there's like, you know, wheeling and dealing going on and everything like that. And and you kind of you kind of get to be almost like a, a part of that. I mean, they, they brought that up, you know, the, you always hear about little incidents and they brought that up like the big announcement, which I mean, I'm not taking anything away from this announcement. OK, because I, I do think that it is extremely cool. Right. The big announcement is that for the 50th anniversary they are updating the Star Trek Encyclopedia by the Yakutas. No, right? this is the greatest news. It's great news. I mean, hey, you know, I'm I love the encyclopedia. I used it as a prop at my wedding ceremony, okay? So yes, I'm all for an updated encyclopedia, especially now that, you know, the the prime universe is is, is ended and you can get that as a complete thing. And, you know, the JJ universe is sort of reaching a natural end point you know as well at least you know for for a while mm -hmm. so so yeah this is the perfect time and that is the greatest news but that's the big news that came out of the convention like that's the big news you know and yeah. i mean that's that's kind of what i'm saying but then you know like they say hey the, the point that i was going to make is you know they when they made the announcement they talked about how at last year's convention you know, John Van Sitters went up to the Okudas and said, hey, can we have dinner? And they went out to dinner, and that's when he told them what they were planning and asked them if they want, were on board, right? 
mm-hmm. and it's like so that that stuff happens and i'm sure that happened at this convention too and it's it's always kind of cool to say like oh i was there you know i i saw you guys eating at hash house a go go and that's when you that thing happened and you don't find out about it for a year or whatever but it's cool and you know the, the, that that's kind of the cool thing is that you you do sort of feel like you're a part of that in a sense yeah. you know okay and 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 there's and that's what I would do the whole time. I'd be like, "Wow, you know, it's it's you know, here's John Tenuto and you know, yeah, yeah, all the, you know, all the fellow nerds, the Okudas. I'd be more excited to meet the Okudas than I think most of the cast. Yeah, yeah. For for me, the big one was uh, Terry Erdman and Paula Block, who who wrote the Deep Space Nine companion. <laughs> I saw that you got their autographs. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, to- I totally got their autographs. It was awesome. You know. And because uh, they were there because they've got their, their new book is coming out next month, I think, the uh, Star Trek costume book. Oh, cool. Yeah, which looks really nice um, where they go through the entire history of the franchise all the way up through the J.J. movies. They've wow. Got, like, really nice, you know, photos and everything. They were like, we just got the first copy, you know, and they had it with them and they actually had it out for people to look at and stuff, which is kind of neat. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, the, I mean, that's neat. And, and, you know, now sort of being, you know, part of the community, at least in a small way through, you know, Trek FM and everything, you know, you kind of get to meet a, a lot of people that way too, like other fans and stuff like that. Like Mark, who's, uh, you know, uh, comment we read uh, a couple weeks ago, that he was there, you know, and I got to meet him. And, uh, and and talk to him for a little while. It's, it's it's the type of thing where it's everyone's like running around. Everyone's running to somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Or sitting down in a panel which is just about to start. So you see them for like two minutes, and you're like, "We should we should hang out later on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Let's let's do that. Maybe tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And then like tonight rolls around, and you're just like, "I'm so freaking tired. I just want to go to sleep." <laughs> you know. So, so I, I didn't, I, you know, we, we were going to meet up at some point, but we, we didn't get around to it. Same thing with, uh, Adam, uh, who's, a, a another listener, you know, I, he saw me and he's like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, let's talk about aspect ratios. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we just never see each other again, you know, that kind of thing. Even, you know, the same thing with, with John and, and Larry and, and Char, you know, I had breakfast with Char, um, and Lori uh formerly of to the journey and um but aside from that you know it's just it's hard to catch up with people it's hard to yeah but but it is kind of cool that like now through the podcasting and everything like i you know i actually know a lot of these people you know and <laughs> you, know you can probably half the people there <laughs> yeah yeah and you you can like literally like walk through the halls like at one point i'm just like i'm going to go downstairs and see if there's anyone in the bar who i know and, you know, and, and there was, and it's like, oh, cool, you know, well, then I'll just hang out with them for a little while, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that part of it is really fun. You know, I think that's, that's, that's why I, 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 this is my second time going because, you know, it's not really so much for the programming. I mean, th- there is good stuff like, like John Tenuto and, and, and stuff like that. But I mean, the stuff with like the actors, I mean, it gets old fast. Yeah, you know, I imagine I mean, they and do end up telling the same things over and over again. They do, and I mean, it's also this sort of thing where it's like, 
I mean, they're professionals and they're there because they're actors and they're going to be talking about acting. But like nobody gives a crap about acting. It's just like, oh, that's data, you know? And and we, we I want to see him because he's data and I know him. Where it's like, well, obviously, you know, if you're, you're interested in Star Trek, you're interested in the character of Data, well, the person who you should be talking to is, you know, Brandon Braga or someone, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, of course, you know, everyone wants to talk to the actor because they're the, the face of the franchise. But then what you end up getting is a lot of talk about acting. And it's like, I don't care about acting. I really, I, I could not care less about acting, you know? Get the and cinematographer up there. Exactly. I would kill to see the cinematographer up there, you know, but you'll never get that. You know, you'll get some of the like, okay, they'll bring in Michael Westmore to do like makeup, like recreating that. Like this year he recreated Chakotay on stage, which means he put a tattoo on, you know, Robert Beltran's face. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, like that type of thing. And it's like, well, at least they're talking about they have like one panel, which I guess they do every year where it's like, um, the the creators of the modern Trek look, where it's like all of the production guys, where it's like the Okudas, uh, Ronald B. Moore, like a lot of the, um, you know, uh, uh, visual effects guys, you know, a lot of the production designers and everything like that. I forget who else was up there. Doug Drexler was up there. Oh, cool. You know, and that's like, my pu- panel. Yeah. And apparently they do this every year. And it's like, well, that's cool. You know, for some reason, they put Andre Bor- Bormanis up there, who was the uh, science advisor on, on Next Gen and then later became like a staff writer on like Voyager and, and Enterprise. And like the whole time he's like there, he's like, I can totally like he didn't say this, <laughs> but you can tell he's like. The only reason why I'm here is because they did not have anywhere else to put me. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, so, but, but it was still cool to, to see all of them up there and they're, you know, talking about, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, how they came up with a lot of these designs and how, like, you know, what, let's say, you know, Doug Drexler was doing impacted what Ron Moore was doing and, and you know, all this stuff. They had uh, Herman Zimmerman up there too, you know. I mean, I, I, that's, I don't know how I could forget about him since he's like the guy, you know. <laughs> um, but, but then, okay, but here's another thing. As great as that panel is and everything like that, the fact that it's called like the modern look of Trek and it's all that's, people who helped out in the 90s? 80s. You know, <laughs> that says so much about the mindset with these conventions, you know? And I, I realize that that's the mindset with Star Trek fans in general. Like, there's this thing. I mean, I heard even, I don't know if this is true, but I read it in some somewhere, that the J.J. films, while they are included in the encyclopedia, it will be in an appendix. Mm. And it's like... What? Why? Is the Mirror <laughs> Universe going to have its own appendix? Like, I don't understand what you're doing. You know, what is this? I mean, it really is this philosophy of like, you know, this is our trek and it goes up through Enterprise and this new stuff is whatever. It's a thing, you know, for kids. And it's like, no, no, this is this is Star Trek. This is Star Trek today, you know, for good or bad. 
You know, you need to acknowledge this stuff's existence. Yeah, if I was going to make a complete Star Wars dictionary or, or encyclopedia or something, as much as it would pain me, I would have to include the prequels. They're they're part of it. Yeah, and, and you look at, you know, like what, you know, Star Wars is doing with their conventions and everything. I mean, while they do certainly pay tribute to the original trilogy... It's always about the now. Whether it's always that's... about what's right now. Clone right. Wars, Rebels, Clone Wars. Episode Seven, spinoffs. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I just wish there was a little more of that. I'm not saying that I want it to be all JJ verse. I'm just saying, like, maybe some acknowledgement of this thing's existence. And I know part of it is getting these people to come. You know, I mean, obviously, if any of the actors from, you know, the JJ verse wanted to show up they would have an, an open invitation, I'm sure, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, maybe, and I mean, it, it, it's not all creation's fault by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, there's no reason why Brian Burke couldn't just show up for five minutes and be like, um, here's a message from everyone on the set. You know, I mean, they've been shooting those Omaze things. Yeah. Which they showed, they showed the one, the first one, like 15,000 times, like <laughs> between every single panel, they show that, that, that clip. And it's like, okay, guys, come on. Why not just have them record a message and say like, hey, guys, thanks for supporting the franchise. We're up here in Vancouver, you know, doing our thing. And, Celebrating you know, the 50th anniversary in our own way. Yeah. Right. And next year we will be down here to say, hey, thanks for, you know, supporting the movie or whatever. But, like, I was at the the con, you know, a couple of years ago, which was, like, right after, like, Into Darkness, right? Mm-hmm. And there was, like, nothing. Like, the big thing was, like, okay, well, Carl Urban and Alice Eve were there. And then, you know, they did a panel. And, and the big news that came out about Into Darkness at that panel was that the Star Trek fans, you know, ranked it as the worst movie in the franchise, you know? Yeah. And it's like, the, okay, well cool guys which they they did that this year for um like the top 10 voyager episodes oh that upset me and year of hell didn't even make the top 10 that doesn't make any sense i'm like what okay well now i I mean the the into darkness thing makes a lot more sense now i mean what does how does that even happen you know (laughs) But, like, they were talking about how, like, back in the day, and I remember this, like, in the 90s, it very much was about the now. Like, I mean, this is pre-internet, and I remember every convention, they would have, one of the things everyone looked forward to was their big slideshow, where they would show stills from upcoming episodes of all the shows, and they would have, like, they would tell you, like, you'd see pictures or at least get synopses of, like, the next, like, six or seven episodes. And like everyone would get really excited about it. Like like one of the things which which came out here. One of the things that uh, Adam Mallon, who's the guy, he's the founder of Creation. He was sort of like the MC for the for the thing. You know, one of the things that he was saying was like back in the day, like Majel Barrett would just show up with whatever she wanted to bring. Like she brought in footage <laughs> from Star Trek Four. Like back before anyone had seen any footage of Star Trek Four, she would bring in like episodes of Next Generation before they aired, just to show them. Because I mean, it, you know, like like he was saying, it's totally true. It's like it's Majel Barrett. What are you gonna say to her? You know, she doesn't she doesn't <laughs> give a crap. You know, she's just like whatever. 
But like, she was totally right to do that. You know, yeah. that's exactly what you should be doing at these things because you want people to be excited about what's happening next. People got so excited about that announcement about the encyclopedia, you know, and I think one of the reasons is because that was the only thing to get excited about. That is like mm -hmm. the only announcement. And it's like, why is this? Like, we're th there isn't going to be another convention before this new movie comes out. That's crazy, you know? I don't know. I just don't understand. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not the target, the target demographic. But, you know, I mean, they did do a lot of things. I, I know, like, last year they made a lot of improvements. And um, I you could totally see it again this year. They had, like, a lot of sort of like interactive things for like photo ops and stuff like that. Like you could stand on... Yeah, I saw like the Guardian of Forever. Yeah, they had a Guardian <laughs> Forever. They had, and it actually like blinked and stuff. And then no. they, had, they had like a, a like a boom box next to it where it was playing like the voice, <laughs> you know? They had the trip, they had a triple thing which didn't really work out too well. Yeah, because, that looked weird. Yeah, they had like five tribbles and they were all like the weird colored tribbles. And, you know, people are like, I'm trying to be covered in triple. It's like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> but, you know, there were some other things which were really cool. Like um, they had uh, the um, transporter pad mm -hmm. that, that you, you could you could do that. I, I wasn't smart enough to very quickly take a picture of me on and off the pad so that I could do a dissolve effect. <laughs> But at least I got a shot of myself on the pad. And they had something which actually like the coolest thing there was the um the Borg alcove. Yeah, those looked awesome. Yeah, they were like straight up like, wow, that's a Borg alcove. And then you had to pay for this, but you could go in and look at it just for, for free was the original series Bridge. Oh, yeah, I saw five-year mission on that. Yeah, that was really nice. They did they did a really good job. Whose bridge is that? I have no idea, but it's Remember a, how we were talking about how there's like four original series bridges? Apparently there's like five. Yeah, I don't know whose bridge it was, but it was a nice looking bridge. And the way that it was lit was really cool. Like it wasn't lit like the original series. It had a much darker sort of like colorful lighting scheme, mm -hmm. but it looked really nice, you know? There's a great picture. We actually went in there at one point and like Rod Roddenberry was like sitting in the captain's chair, like <laughs> like everyone was taking his picture. But there was also at one point they dragged a chair over and they had Adam Nimoy sitting at the uh, the science station. Oh, I did see that picture. It looks yeah, great. That was pretty cool. And Adam Nimoy was there. You know, I mean, like the, the, the presentations and stuff were, were really good. Like John Tenuto... Well, John Tenuto, you know, he, they did, like, it was supposed to be, I think, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Adam Nimoy was running late or whatever, but they were supposed to just do a thing where, like, Adam Nimoy was going to do a tribute to Leonard Nimoy, you know, his dad. Mm -hmm. And, like, I go in there, and it's John and Larry up on the stage. And, like, John is, like, taking us through, like, a, a slideshow of, like, the history of Leonard Nimoy. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, it, they, they finish and then they're like, okay, now we're going to show a video of like convention appearances from Leonard Nimoy. And they played this video that's like half an hour long. And I'm like, okay, so it's been about an hour. So this is wrapping up now. And then they bring out Adam Nimoy 
I don't know if he was running late or if this was always the plan <laughs> or what. And then they talked to Adam Nimoy for like an hour. So it was literally like a two hour long panel on on wow. Leonard Nimoy. But it, it was pretty good. And, you know, there was a lot of cool information in there. And hearing, you know, Adam talk, you know, was really cool because you got the sort of like perspective of what it was like to to be in a family where, you know, your dad was the idol of America, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's crazy. But that was really cool. You know, John gave a, another presentation on Grace Lee Whitney. There, there were some, some good presentations like that. And, uh, like, there was a, a comic book panel where they had all of the, the comic book creators up there talking about stuff that's coming up. Um, there weren't really any new announcements, but, you know, they did kind of show some art and stuff from the uh, new Starfleet Academy book, which is coming out, mm -hmm. which is going to take place in the JJ-verse, and it's going to sort of, like, mirror, like, when Kirk and Spock and everyone were at the Academy with um, a new crew of cadets. Uh, led by a Vulcan woman who is, you know, sort of like trying to, to find her place in Starfleet post-Vulcan being destroyed and, and that kind of thing. So, and they say that they're kind of like gearing that towards like the young adult audience and stuff like that. So, so that could be, that could be pretty cool. It, it looks, it looks cool for sure. Does sound cool. Yeah. And they talked a little bit about, like they had the writer of, uh, the Planet of the Apes Star Trek crossover there. The amazing everything. best person. Yeah, Scott Tipton, you know, who wrote it with, with his brother Dave and talking about how they came up with the, the idea and everything like that. And, and, the and how it fits perfectly into both continuities. I yeah. really, really liked that crossover. Yeah, no, I mean, they, he talked about how, like, they had, like, a certain set of, like, criteria which they had to follow. They were like, it's it's got to be original series, you know, classic Trek, and it's got to be classic apes, and Charlton Heston's character has to be in it, you know, and we'd like for it to fit in the continuity. And they're like, well, if you watch those movies, like, you pretty much follow Charlton Heston's character, like, the whole time. And he's like, there's one little gap, like, in between, what is it, two and three? I think it's just one and two. One and two? Because he only lasts the first two movies. Okay, yeah. And he's like, you know, we, we we were able to squeeze it in here. We came up with the idea and, you know, that was that was that and you know, they said, "Yeah, go for it." And the title, you know, he's like, "We we put that at the top of the list <laughs> figuring there's no way we're ever going to get that." But no. The Primate, the primate direct Directive, the best title ever. Oh, uh, goodness. Yes. So so that was cool, you know, and then they, they had the book panel where they, they had um, the Okudas there as well as um, Terry Erdman and Paula Block. And see, I would have I would have gotten up and asked about this, but I thought for sure someone would because they had the, the author of um, Fun with Kirk and Spock there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they're, they're talking about how this was such a great idea and how they loved it and how it seemed like a perfect fit and it was an automatic go and all this stuff. And I'm like, someone's going to bring up pooping is logical. Someone's going to bring it up, you know? Yeah, no one did? No, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother getting in line because that's going to be the first question that people ask, you know? 
No one brought it up. I didn't hear a single person say pooping is logical throughout the entire convention. We should explain that for people who aren't aware. Yes. But screenwriter Gary Whitta, uh, who wrote Book of Eli, uh, After Earth, the first draft of Rogue One, Star Wars, and uh, he wrote a book illustrated by uh, Gabe from Penny Arcade uh, called Pooping is Logical, about Vulcan parents teaching their child uh, about potty training. He wanted to make a cool, nerdy potty training book. And he did, and he's trying to get CBS to back him so he can sell it. And so he's kind of doing a grassroots campaign of, like, you know, retweeting his tweets about it and then, you know, to try to get people's attention. But I was hoping that one of the thousand people who retweeted it would be one of the 5,000 people at that convention, but apparently that Venn diagram didn't cross over. I I blame myself. I apologize. I apologize. (laughs) It's fine. Gary yeah. forgives you. Yeah. I mean, you know, what can you do? But, it, I mean, you know, I mean, there was some cool stuff. I Like, there, it was kind of interesting. Like, the, the guy who wrote the fun with Kirk and Spock was talking about how um, w- after the book came out, he got an email from Leonard Nimoy talking about how great the book was. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and and John Van Sitters was like, uh, yeah, you know, we have to always send, you know, stuff to, to the actors so that they can sign off on, you know, using their likeness or whatever. And they never, like, they, they always just sign off or whatever, and then <laughs> that's it. Like, no one ever wants anything, right? And he said that in the entire time that... Uh, that that they were they've been doing this in his like 18 years or whatever that he's been with CBS there's only been 3 times when Leonard Nimoy has requested an item once was a statue once was that uh trek yourself before you wreck yourself shirt oh jesus he wanted a bunch of those to give to his grandkids oh <laughs> wait and those are licensed i would not have believed that in 100 years yeah yeah for 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 sure, and and Larry Nimoy loves them apparently. And the third one was um was this book. He said that he he emailed like a, a PDF or something of the book to Nimoy's people, and um you know and he was a little worried about it because of sort of you know the poking fun aspect. And he said that within four minutes he received an email back saying, uh, "Yes, this book is fine. We love it." And when it comes out, please send us 10 copies. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was that was that, you know, I got to I, I got to see, you know, Larry Nemechek there at his table briefly. I got to see Mark Cushman at his table briefly. And um, I I got to see the, the mission log people. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't really meet them but one of them took a picture of of us i i, I met i met jara <laughs> from from women at warp and and uh you know um yeah jara shar and i took a picture that picture that uh, of us which is up on on like facebook and stuff was taken by i think i think john from <laughs> from <laughs> mission log <laughs> i did i did talk very briefly to alec peters 
yeah. um, from Star Trek Axnar because he had he does prop works, right? Yes. Which is like the prop thing. And they had it was kind of funny. Like they were like CBS and you know, it has it has a, a, a prop room, a museum, a prop and costume museum. And then they're like, Prop Works is doing an auction of costumes and props, right? Mm-hmm. So so you go in and they were right next door to each other. So you go into the Prop Works room and there are costumes lining the walls. I mean, cool stuff that, you know, you'd never think they could say. You could get right up next to it and see it. Like they had um, uh, Kirk's uh, brown, like, away team uniform from Star Trek V. Oh, and wow. And you could see it had the shoes, the boots, which were Reebok pumps. And you couldn't see the pump itself, but you could see like molded into the into the midsole was Reebok, you know. (laughs) And they had like uh, uh, one of the things which I thought was super cool just because I'm nerdy like that was a bunch of like film trims and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like special effects reels and stuff, like thirty-five millimeter film in cans that apparently came from like Gary Hutzel and and stuff. Wow! So, so you know, and a lot of like scripts and a lot of like cool models and stuff. You know, I mean, th- th- there was a lot of cool stuff in there, and you know, beautiful display and everything like that. And it's like, wow, this is cool. I can't wait to see what's in CBS's you know official <laughs> museum of of props and you go into the cbs room and it's like a closet and it's like well there's a costume that you know uh spock wore and uh that's like a random like klingon costume and i'm not even sure what that is over there because they sold it all i guess to alec you know it's like yeah (laughs) but yeah I, i did i did i did get to talk to alec uh briefly um we were uh we we had just come through the thing we just went through the thing and then we went outside and there was like a table set up with like a bunch of brochures mm-hmm. and um it, we're looking at the brochures and like my wife was going to pick one up and then Alec came walking by and he's like hey um this is a uh, we're, we're doing an auction and you know we've got a bunch of props in here and stuff and we're like yeah uh we just came came out of that it's pretty cool and he's like oh cool uh, that was it. <laughs> I felt like saying, like, I'm from Trek FM. I'm, yeah. you know, but I didn't want that, like, awkward moment where he's like, I've never heard of you. I don't know who you are, you know? <laughs> so, so I just left it at that. Whatever. He's probably listened to every episode of SO. I'm sure he has. Yes. <laughs> In preparation for Axanar, right? Exactly. Because he's like, I don't know anything about the original series. <laughs> These guys are experts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quo- quotation marks, air quotes, put big air quotes around that. Yes, yes. So yeah, I mean, I you know, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I I knew exactly what I was getting into with this convention. I, I know I'm 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 sounding like I'm overly critical of it, and you know, I partially am. But whatever, you know. Overall. That's not why I go to these conventions, these conventions, you know, like that's why I go to something like C2E2 or whatever, where it's like, yeah, I want to get all of these announcements and see all these things and wait in lines and everything like that. This is way more laid back and it's more about what happens outside of the convention. It's more about what happens in the hotel lobby and just sort of like being able to have 
interactions with friends and mm -hmm. and and these people who you know you look up to and stuff like that and that's what this convention does really well and i i i that's why i love it i mean it is one of my favorite conventions because you know you come back from like c2e2 or gen con and you're just like oh that was exhausting yeah. you know whereas here it's like super relaxed you know and everyone's just chill and it's it's cool and you know you don't have to worry about a huge dealer's room or anything like that you know you're not like constantly running through things you're just kind of chill oh. and that's 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 cool that's 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 why i like it you know and i would encourage people to to go to come because you get to you know meet people who you you know interact with online and stuff like that and that's fun yeah and in and out burger is like only a mile and a half away. So that's good too. <laughs> well, it was fun talking about Star Trek Las Vegas this week, but I'm sure that everyone else is also talking about it. So uh, why don't you hear what else we've been talking about on Trek FM? Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. <laughs> I have been pushing this since I saw mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Into Darkness. And I saw Into Darkness like a week before it came out in the U.S. So I've been pushing it for a long freaking time. And the idea, of course, is to do... Captain Worf. Yeah, oh, Captain... wait, no. That's not it. <laughs> Earl Grey. Yeah, really, she's following the Hasbrat, I think, is really what it is. <laughs> Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasbrat. It's got to be fresh Hasbrat. None of that replicates. Like, Daniel's, like, at the, watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, no, it's the Hasbrat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. <laughs> the Orb. Also, the original title of this episode was A Matter of Breeding, which, when we talk about things feeling TNG-ish, that could have been a Riker episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Ready Room. It's about people and feelings and emotions. It's about philosophy. It's about the future. It's about hope. It's about glory. It's about intellectual promise. That's what Axnar is about. It is not a story about pew, pew, pew. I promise you that. To the journey! I do have one honorable mention. Name it. Prax! Oh, <laughs> how could we not have a top five season five moments without Prax? Warp five. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the galaxy class in the next generation for the very first time. And you had a, basically a crew of civilian compliment of what, over a thousand people? About two thirds of that compliment were civilians and their families. So you actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and their extended families on board. Commentary, Trek stars. But you would never pick up on that based on the way that it plays out, aside from the fact that they explicitly tell you in the dialogue, <laughs> you know? The 602 Club. It is what it is. I mean, Tom Cruise is who he is, but at the end of the day, he delivered this fantastic movie, and so did all the other new characters. Literary Treks. You know, um, you had the great Enterprise book, The Good That Men Do. And this is The Good That Men Don't Do. And, uh, you know, Edmund Burke is 
is famous for, for saying that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Axanar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that. But it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back, in my opinion. Women at Warp. Keiko could totally beat the crap out of Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> this is so, like, I cannot buy this at all. That she's just sitting there being like, oh, my baby. At the very least, she could throw a plant at him or something. <laughs> because we established in TNG that pot foo is a thing. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all those shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or you can just stream straight from the website. You can visit trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Uh, If you'd like to contact us, share your thoughts on today's show or conventions, you can go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose Send a Show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the button on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using webcam's microphone, and you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm, and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Oh, you can find me right here on trek.fm doing commentary, Trek Stars. And uh, you can also find me on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where I'm doing Commentary Track Stars off-topic and making the transition to Commentary Track Star Babies slowly but surely. And you can find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E, and on various other places around the network. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps bring Standard Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? Well, since this convention was celebrating the 20th anniversary of Voyager, I figured we could talk about Star Trek Voyager Caretaker, which is written by L.A. Graff and narrated by Robert Picardo, who was at the convention. Um, It says, Here is the novelization of the premiere episode of Star Trek Voyager, the unprecedented fourth television series based on Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. It is the story of the crew of the starship Voyager who are hurled far across the galaxy and must team up with their most dangerous adversaries to return home. The Red Borg? By... No, I guess the Maquis. The Kazon? I think the Maquis. It must be the Maquis. Read by Robert Picardo and enhanced with sound effects and an original score. And you can get this book for free since you listen to Standard Orbit. And Trek FM. That's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. One little tidbit that I will throw in here that I learned from, from John's talk on Voyager 
Originally, the concept for the doctor was that he was going to be designed by Barkley, so they were going to get Dwight Schultz to play him. What? Yeah. Oh man, that would have been cool. Was was so? He, would he still have been regular? I think. <clears throat> I mean, I imagine he would be just like kind of the same way the doctor is now. Only it would be like, yeah, this guy Reg Barkley, you know. Wow. Made him. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. and Renee Roberts for being our associate producers this week by supporting us on Patreon. You can find Richard on Twitter at RUT8972 and Renee at MRES1701 with an underscore. MRES underscore 1701. And lastly, there's another way you can keep us in orbit, and that's by supporting us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trek.fm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as associate producer for our shows. You'll also find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trek.fm, so check it out. Is he done? The cat? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's um, great. No, the laughing. cat's not done. He's just, he, he's a big crybaby, and my wife just made chicken, and the, he's all about the chicken, so, <laughs> you know. My cat yes. only meows if you have food in a cup that you are pouring into his bowl. That's the only time that he meows. No, he cries. Anytime we leave, he cries and he finds like a t-shirt or something and he drags it around the the, the room <laughs> crying. It's, yeah, he's yeah. a big crybaby. Well, thanks for telling us about your convention experience. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll be able to go next year, but uh, it, it does sound... I do kind of like the idea of having a nice, calm convention. Not like Dragon Con, where we're running between five different hotels, or Gen no. Con, where you're just surrounded by humanity. Yeah, my wife loves it, because like since you're there, you're in the same building. I mean, like you literally don't have to leave, which is great, since it's 108 degrees outside, literally. <laughs> oh, God. Literally. But, um, you know... Like anytime she gets tired or there's something that's, there's nothing going on, you can just say like, well, I'm going to go back up to the room for a little while and I'll see you guys later. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, definitely recommend it. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.